Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Thomas Miller and Robert Glasscock here. And Robert, we have a question from a listener that came in via email. This is about progressions. So she asks, I know that in a chart, when the sun conjuncts a natal planet, it becomes combust. Now that's an ancient terminology that we'll talk about in a minute. That's some Hellenistic astrology right there. But she's asking what happens when a progressed or solar arc chart catches up to a personal natal planet is how she expresses it. And I'm presuming and will go with that that is a conjunction. Does that make that natal planet combust? I think I already know the answer. But she says, I recently had my solar arc sun go into Leo and exactly conjunct my natal Venus in my solar arc and progressed chart. I hope you can help. Now, before we go to Robert, think of your own answer. If you were answering this person, what would you think to say? Now, just simply, the Hellenistic astrologers, the ancient astrologers, believed that if a planet was in certain degrees, and it varies by planet, from the sun, in your natal chart, that the influence of that planet in your life was diminished because it was, they call it also under the beams, that it was under the beams or being washed out by the sun. So a couple of things. This is, first of all, an ancient, and I'm talking Hellenistic period, kind of interpretation. It is something that Hellenistic astrologers use. But, Robert, let's go with, I know it's something that you've never mentioned, and does it apply to progressions in solar arcs? No, it only applies in natal astrology. The idea of combustion, a combust planet that's near the sun, well, the orbs for that given, the old ancient orbs, are something like 17 degrees. Well, in terms of a conjunction aspect, the, the classical orb is 8 degrees only. So, technically, a, sun may be, a planet may be combust the sun, but not even in conjunction to it. Aspects are simply emphasis of relationships between archetypes that's all they are a square is a disharmonious conflicting aspect between two planets the tighter the square the stronger the conflict and the more predominant it is in the life it's that simple same with a conjunction now maybe hellenistic astrologers get a lot of useful information from the a planet being within 17 degrees of the sun. I don't, but maybe they do. I do get information by how close an aspect of, of any planet to the sun is. And I do consider conjunctions. I, I'll give a wide orb of eight degrees, sometimes nine. And there are other conditions where you can go even further in something called mutual reception, which I won't get into here. But so all you're looking at is a conjunction between these two archetypes. And the closer it is to being exact, the tighter and more emphasis that conjunction has. Uh, I, I don't bother with Combust and Kazemi myself. I simply look at the fact that the sun, which illuminates and vitalizes any planet that it touches, this to me is kind of the opposite of the old interpretations of the sun somehow burning up the energies of the planet. Now, I can absolutely agree that when, let's say, you have Mars or Venus within eight degrees of the sun, the illumination factor here, the light of the world, the light of consciousness, including the God consciousness, if you will, is stronger when you have a planet conjunct that sun 
but it doesn't burn up the planet under conjunction. It illuminates it to an emphatic degree the stronger the, or the closer that aspect is. So, in fact, it strengthens what... Now, that conjunction, let's say you've got Venus or Mars conjunct the sun. If there are hard aspects to that conjunction, you bet there'll be a problem. But it would have been a problem anyway if you had the sun in, in a square, let's say, to another planet. So this is why I, I've never personally found any practical real use for that and i'm sure a lot of astrologers will disagree and that's fine but it it depends on the not only the conjunction itself but the aspects to that conjunction where you get the factors of either disharmony or harmony between the sun planet conjunction and some other archetype in the chart does that make sense well yes and you are talking to somebody who happens to have said aspect because i have what's called as a planet you're not quite familiar with it's new in astrology it's called marsentune it's this new <laughs> dynamic <laughs> i have the sun mars and neptune all at six degrees so the Neptune sun is actually within that Kazemi frame of 16, 17 degrees. And I can tell you something. It has not washed out my Neptune and it has not washed out my Mars. Now, you can't build a case on one life, but I can tell you, kabonk. <laughs> well, no, it really, and Kazemi is, is not 17 degrees. Kazemi is really tight. It's, I think, one Sorry, 17 minutes. I said degrees. 17, 17 minutes. minutes. You know what I but, meant. But you know what I meant. Yeah, but see, this is, is my point. With, with you, for example, your sun in Scorpio is tightly conjunct Mars and Neptune. And all you need to know is that plus the other aspects in your chart. But that says this is a man whose mission, in, he's a Scorpio. He is going to transform his own life through illumination of his Mars archetype, which is in Scorpio, and his Neptune archetype, which is also in Scorpio. Mars and the Sun are men, but they're also... Mars co-rules Scorpio, as you know, with Pluto, and Scorpio is all about the transformative powers of sex, among other things. On a metaphysical level, it's the... Conjunctio, the, the, this is the Catholic term, the merge of your soul with that of God. That's the holy union, the conjunctio. And you are married to your Mars and Neptune. So you look back on kind of the religious background in which you were born. You've transformed that very Scorpio. You, in essence, slowly died to that as you were reborn in this higher Mars-Neptune kind of consciousness. Now, depending on the aspects in the chart, you could have become an alcoholic and a drug addict and a ne'er-do-well and a liar and a serial cheater and all the criminal, all those horrible negative things. But that's not true in your chart. You are operating on a higher plane of these Mars-Neptune. And so you've become your own kind of... Not religion so much as your own kind of spiritual conduit between, shall we say, God or the all that is and the rest of the world through things like astrology and metaphysical work and the groups that you lead because of the collective factor of Neptune. And you are transforming other people's lives as you have your own. You've risen, you've outgrown. It's not better than, it's simply more than, greater than what you were born into, but it is still spiritual. It's just not religious 
difference. Religions are man-made stories about God, but they're not the thing itself. You are in contact, as you should be with that chart, with the thing itself. And that, that means you've outgrown religions, the man-made stories about God, all of which are wonderful and beautiful. But you've out, you've outgrown those. You've risen. Your your greater consciousness knows more than religions have to offer you. You're in direct contact with spirit. We'll get back to the question here on progressed charts in just a second, but I'll just give you a little aside on that. So all of this action is at six degrees. When I was three years old, so half of the number here where these are sitting, we went to church, and at that time we were going to a church that had a beautiful stained glass window of this famous painting of it's Jesus holding a lantern, and he's knocking at the door of a little cabin in the woods kind of thing, the parallels to a verse in the early chapters of the book of Revelation where it says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Those who will let me in, I will come in. And do you know that I came home at three years old, and I remember it to this day, and I got up on the back of a recliner chair that my mom and dad had in their living room. Dad was taking a nap in the other twin chair next to me, and I looked out the window, and I prayed for Jesus to come into my heart. And that was the only connection that I could have had to that Neptune at that age, and in that context of all that I knew, that was what we were raised with, but I locked onto it at three years old, a multiple of this degree. Wow. So tell me about Neptune being washed out by the sun. It was illuminated. I mean, that was your initiation. Yeah. Three. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And that Neptune, by the way, is 12 minutes away. So see, there's the Kazemi number, mm-hmm. but there's no Kazemi going on here. So anyway, okay, let's pivot this over to the question about progressions. So progressed, secondary progressed, and solar arcs. I know you hang out in the solar arc field, and the conjunction is actually the strongest aspect. Yeah, it is. The thing about solar arcs, for example, uh, they're only in effect really for one year in your life, and that's it. They never, they've never occurred before. They'll never occur again. So what you're looking for is in, in my software, the Kepler software, it gives me not only the exact day that that solar arc con- or progressed sun uh, is exact, but it also gives the orb of exactness. So I can have something that maybe is going to be exact this coming November, but in fact, it's in effect from May of the prior to November through six months after November, you see. So it's got an orb of about a year, but it's, and solar arcs really, for me, have worked incredibly well. I first learned about them from Noel Teal and and his writings, but um, that's what they are. And I love that this initiation of yours happened at a a sort of division of six by two, and you get age three. And there was another one at six. There'll be another one every, every six years, actually in your life that whole configuration of sun mars neptune that you have is active predominant in your life every six years well multiply it times more than i'd like to but uh, if you take it up to 60 (laughs) that's kind of when all of this work began but again it was a continuation of what you prayed for at three a continuation of the light of Jesus or God or the all that is, whatever you want to call it. You prayed for it at three. 
I didn't. I didn't have that experience. You did. And it's a wonderful thing. I had a similar experience at 10 and from then on. And I have this kind of experience every 10 years in my life. But it's interesting that, that that this is, I mean, it's fascinating to me, Thomas, these harmonics that the degrees inform you of in your natal chart. And what you did at three reverberates every six years through your life. And now it's, of course, on a much deeper, broader plane because you're affecting and healing the collective to whatever degree. It doesn't mean you've got a million people out there that you're healing, but indirectly you may through the the people you do heal with your work and your group and your readings, they will go on to begin absorbing those things that they've learned from you. And those will reflect in their lives and in their contact, you see, so that what you're doing ramifies through the population, through the collective. And it's all about Mars and Neptune and the sun in Scorpio, transformation, changing from one thing as it dies, this new phoenix rises from the ashes of the old thing. It's all a continuum. You know, listeners to the other podcasts know that my, one of my favorite terms now is highest timeline, live on the highest timeline. And <laughs> yeah. you don't know this, but I had a reading in Denver. It was a group reading. And I went up there to get my chart read. And uh, so three people looked at my chart and the third one, so this is after like 30 minutes of other people pontificating on my chart. The third one comes up there and she goes, oh, this chart makes me dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I even had a reading by Robert Hand. Of course, you know who that is. Oh, yeah. And he looked at that and he goes, wow. And, you know, it's like he was one of the few that get it. Well, OK, that's low timeline stuff. When you get on the high side of this timeline, I've got to say that now at almost 64 years old as we're recording this, that the, I can see now how the high timeline side of Marcentune is playing out even now. And it is amazing. So this is why I keep harping on that we have to find the high sides of these natal placements in our lives. And then the solar arcs, my goodness, that gives such a picture of exactly where we're headed in our life and just you don't i mean we don't have the chart up but my solar arc sun is in capricorn and i have a virgo rising so it's all about building these foundational structures to support this work and i realize that and it's beautiful one of the things that you, you just said about your memory of this prayer at three you just now, and you've done this before, but you just now, in front of all of us in these podcasts, have reconnected with your three-year-old self across time and space from a position where you are now. You're a metaphysician, you're a teacher, you're a philosopher, you're an astrologer, and you're a healer in the present. And you just connected with your still living three-year-old self. And that's a marriage of, of the holy conjunctio, if you will. You've just, and you've done this anyway. I mean, you're already connected with that, but you just did it now publicly on these podcasts. You re, this is what 
the Seth books talk about when they talk about changing your past, you can go back. If you had a trauma, let's say at three years old, you can go back from your present self and relive the trauma internally in all detail. And from your present self, who is fine, who is successful, who is a metaphysician and teacher and all these things, you can embrace your three-year-old self if he was in trouble of some kind and give him the reassurance that he did not get originally. So this is just what you just said in itself in this moment is a healing of you. And by extension, everybody you interact with. Let me throw another one at you then that you don't know. Again, I haven't told you this because it just happened the other day. I had a prompt a little bit ago to start doing readings again. It was something I did back, well, kind of during pandemic time. And then I had this radio show and I wasn't able to do them. So I'm back now. But the other day, it just came to me. It was like, wow, what if there was a like a structured community, i.e., a church or an organization that believed the way we do, that was looking for a minister or a leader. Wouldn't that be cool? And do you know the next day I had a reading with somebody and they sent me a follow-up thank you email and said in the email, I know that you didn't become a minister in the way that your parents thought you might, but you are helping spiritually lead thousands of people all over the world. And she said, I know they're as grateful as I am for that work. And I can't tell you the pain that it took to get there. But man, is the reward of living your chart worth it? And what I would say to everybody is do it. Live your chart. Live the high timeline side of your chart. That is so beautiful and so moving, and it's absolutely true. Scorpio people, I have Venus there. We, In whatever areas you have Scorpio, you tend to live extremes, all and nothing. You know both. You know the worst ends of it, and you know the best ends of it. And generally, the worst ends of it, I think, are meant to motivate you to search for the deeper meaning of whatever the experience is, whether it's divorce or loss of everything and whatever it is, to search for the meaning underneath it. This thing that just happened to me with identity theft, as I won't say traumatic, but I have not been that stressed in decades. And yet I understood on a deeper level what it meant for me. And it was invaluable, invaluable. And with you, it's the same thing. You absolutely are a minister. It's just not a religious minister and not a prefab construct. It's just, This is a universal kind of message that you deliver, which transcends religions. You know, people, do you think God is a Jew or a Christian or a Muslim? Or is God all of the above? In all, with all, for all, yeah. Well, you know, the thing about the chart is it shows us the way. And the thing that I appreciate about working with you is going into these deeper, more experienced, wonderful applications of how we can understand these concepts better. So for all of these mornings that we get up to come in here and record these podcasts, I just want to salute and thank you for giving us the depth of the knowledge that you've accumulated over the years so that we can be better at knowing our path and knowing how we can do this ultimately for ourselves. Well, thank you. And we'll have a maudlin moment here, but I couldn't do this without you. There would never be these podcasts without you. 
So it's mutual. That's why I laugh about we have the perfect marriage, the one I've been waiting for all my life. No sex. We don't live together. It's not that kind of a marriage. This is something spiritual, and it's a business as well. But the business is to spread the message to as many people as as are eager to hear it. But I couldn't do it without you either. So the thank you both ways. And we've never met in person. <laughs> and we're like, never, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should just take it on out without meeting. Fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> this one has worked better than anything. In my I know. Yeah. It's like, and what are we trying to fix though. here? <laughs> Absolutely it's, it's nothing. An interesting, it's an interesting realization of how teamwork, you know, where two or more are gathered in my name, you know, that phrase. Uh, two are better than one sometimes. And this is the kind of marriage, really, the, the kind of spiritual marriage that I think I've always looked for. And But they're very rare. They're, I've never known anybody like you, for example. Uh, never have had anybody in my life like you. So it is absolutely a, a symbiotic, mutual kind of relationship here that I have to assume is karmic. Plus, I have Venus and Scorpio in my 10th house of my career and Scorpio, usually it's been women, but in this case, it's a man. Scorpio people have been uh, really the heart of my career in a lot of ways, and mm, you're wow. certainly one of those. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So thank you right back. <laughs> well, we try not to focus the spotlight internally, but sometimes it is appropriate when it when it shows up. Hey, thank you for this. Great question from that listener, too, on asking about, does it apply to solar archipelago? No, nah, not at all. In fact, the strongest thing in the world you will find in your understanding of astrology of where things are right now are direct conjunctions in your solar arc chart. It's amazing. I have become infatuated with it. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to talk to Robert, you know how to do it. Show notes and everything else that we have going on. We're going to duck out of here and go uh, take a shower. <laughs> we probably need to clean up. <laughs> you guys have a great one. We'll be back next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with the GOAT. You Now you know why. Robert Glasscock. See you next time.